Welcome to Scientific American Science Talk, posted on February 28, 2018. I'm Steve Mursky. You can't swing a bag full of quarters these days without hearing something about blockchain, usually related to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. But blockchain technology is also being adopted in the energy business. So what the heck is blockchain? Let me read from a January 2018 Scientific American article by Alexander Lipton and Alex Pentland called Beyond Bitcoin. Most everyone has heard of Bitcoin, but that's only one piece of an up-and-coming financial technology industry characterized by buzz and speculation. What is important to know is that the core invention is a, quote, distributed ledger, end quote, a database shared and managed by multiple participants. Think of it as a communal digital bookkeeping system. It represents the foundational technology that has made cryptocurrencies, simply digitally encrypted currencies, such as Bitcoin, possible. Its underlying data structure, called a blockchain, is held in a series of sequentially encrypted blocks. To make those blocks reliable and secure, they are consensually updated by a variety of proving mechanisms that involve both humans and computers. So it's a database of encrypted information that can be updated by multiple users. Now, back to blockchain beyond Bitcoin. In November, freelance science journalist Kevin Bigos attended the U.S. Power and Renewable Summit in Austin, Texas, organized by Green Tech Media. Bigos filed this report. It runs just under nine minutes. Almost everyone at the conference agreed that huge changes are coming to the energy industry, partly because of innovative software and technology that's disrupting traditional markets and helping consumers and businesses who support green energy. Some people see a revolution on the horizon, similar to the way cell phones replaced landlines. One possible new force is blockchain. Here's John Kreitz, a managing director at the Rocky Mountain Institute, a Colorado nonprofit founded in 1982 by environmental scientist Amory Lovins. Over the last year, Rocky Mountain Institute has been working uh, with a number of different global energy players to create what's called the Energy Web Foundation. And that is a foundation dedicated to helping develop blockchain uh, and a, specifically a public open source blockchain for use in the electricity sector. There are a number of different energy players, so Shell and Statoil, uh, along with uh, different electricity companies like Energy in uh, Germany or uh, Angie in France, Centrica in the UK. And how do you see blockchain potentially helping the growth of renewable energies? Yeah, so blockchain is a fascinating technology here that has a couple of key characteristics. Um, one, it is inherently secure. Uh, secondly, it can help fuse financial and physical markets in a way that's extremely low cost to lower the cost of transaction. Thirdly, it has the ability to enable smart contracts to make any transactions around renewables or distributed demand response um, uh, seamless and fully automated, right? And those all make it very powerful for incorporating in, yes, distributed forms of renewables because it's a, a very low-cost way to integrate them into a market platform, but also to integrate in lots of different forms of 
uh, latent energy efficiency or demand response that exists around any building, whether it be a residence or uh, a commercial establishment. We're talking here about HVAC systems and refrigeration. We're talking about uh, LED lighting, you know, and other forms of energy consumption that can be digitized and easily integrated into a market platform that just sends a price signal and then through a blockchain mechanism allows you to balance out the use of energy among those different resources to an optimal and low level so that the minimum amount of energy is required and so that the maximum amount of renewables and or batteries are used in the process. So even though it's not directly targeting climate change, it could have the effect of a more efficient or less carbon intensive grid, do you think? Our sense is that it would make a much uh, more efficient market and a much more efficient grid in terms of its overall operation, allowing us to draw in more distributed resources more effectively, which would minimize the amount that we would need central generation and allow us to better accommodate some of the fluctuations that we see in renewables. And it sounds like you see this as potential both for the large companies you're always already working with but down the road in three to five years, these could be the kind of apps that could be built into a household inverter or some other system. That's exactly right. Um, so we, we see this as a technology that could serve as the backbone for the entire electricity system here. Um, from big uh, utilities and thinking about the power trading and the dispatch mechanisms that they have on their plants, all the way down to, again, the personal power plants that exist at, on individuals' houses when they have a solar uh, array on their roof or when they plug in an electric uh, vehicle into their garage. They can transact in a way with the grid as being an independent wholesale market participant. And we're starting to see regulatory reforms globally that would allow that. This is a, a technology that enables it. So the technology is moving very fast, but I guess one question is how fast will the regulators work in setting the playing field for where this, or, or do you think the regulators are going to have ultimate control over this or not? Um, it, it's an interesting challenge, right? Because this is a very complex and technological area that most regulators aren't really thinking about a lot today, and it's coming very fast. The speed of innovation here is at the speed of software, not the speed of the electricity utility industry. Uh, I do see ways for this market to assemble from the bottom up um, and be a bit disruptive in that, that there are ways to actually create uh, blockchain-enabled local um, uh, systems. But I would expect, you know, in, in the not-too-distant future that, you know, over the next year or two, people would be able to either buy or integrate in software that allows them to essentially use this secure mode of uh, energy management on their homes or in their businesses in a, a straightforward way. And to be clear, a lot of this would be autonomous. People wouldn't have to make the choices. It would be built into the system. That's exactly right. The virtue here is you can set up a few rules on the system, and then the system will run itself against those rules. Some experts aren't so sure about blockchain's potential. Here's Brian Janis, Microsoft's Director of Energy Strategy. I'm personally a little bit skeptical of the transformative nature of blockchain for energy. I feel like we're, we've kind of reached peak blockchain for everything. In fact, I'm working on a book, Blockchain for Parenting. I'm going to have the blockchain <laughs> raise my children. Um, but I, I, I think it does have, it is a transformative technology in certain spaces. Um, I think from everything I've seen so far, it's a, it can offer some marginal improvements in the energy space. 
have yet to see how it is going to be ultimately transformative. Uh, because energy is just, it's a very unique commodity. It's very, it's still going to be tied to the grid and the way we regulate it and how we design markets. Yet blockchain is already showing promise, says Larry Temlock, co-founder of the Sun Exchange. The company is developing new ways to finance solar projects in developing countries. We've created a marketplace whereby people can buy solar panels and have them leased remotely where there's a lot of sunshine and where uh, developing communities really need the energy desperately. Uh, so we're a uh, matching up buyers and sellers uh, or matching up providers of capital and people who need capital to build solar systems in emerging markets. Uh, it's in Africa right now. We've built four projects so far. We'll be expanding into Dubai next month. Um, and um, we're actively searching for other places to do business. It sounds like blockchain really has helped you lower costs and mm. make these projects a reality. Yeah, that's right. Um, we use blockchain on several different layers. Um, the simplest thing is that we uh, accept payment in Bitcoin and Ether and other currencies for the solar cells that we um, sell, that we market. Um, they cost about $7 each, so there's a very low entry price. When you buy a $7 solar cell and you earn uh, rental monthly on that solar cell, we're talking about very small rental payments that need to go back to people. So by paying that rental out in digital currency, lowering transaction costs, and avoiding the commercial banking, correspondent banking system, we really make these micropayments and micro-investing in solar capacity possible. On another level, um, we have a smart contract that helps us to uh, cost-effectively service the projects. The projects have IoT smart meters on them that constantly monitor the electrical output of the systems and also monitor uh, the bank balances, the prepaid bank balances of the consumers. And so by putting these two things together, we can have the smart contract calculate and automatically withdraw from the accounts the required amount of money on a daily basis if necessary, reserve some money for maintenance and insurance, and then pay out. Uh, to all the uh, 60 or 100 investors in the project, their daily balance uh, of uh, energy rental. And that could be pennies, it sounds like. It could be pennies, and that's really not possible if you're you know, using fiat currency in a traditional bank account. But with blockchain and digital currency, this is, you know, this is very possible. So there you have it. Blockchain could transform energy markets, but we'll have to see how it plays out with customers, regulators, and markets. That's it for this episode. Get your science news at our website, www.scientificamerican.com, where you can check out our ebooks. Just go to the store section on the menu. The latest of the dozens of ebooks available is The Science of Diet and Exercise, which might come in handy if you're still working off the Christmas goose. And follow us on Twitter, where you get a tweet whenever a new item hits the website. Our Twitter name is at Siam. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us. 